Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Fighting With My Family, directed by Stephen Merchant and released in 2019. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A British teenager and her wrestling family are struggling on the minor circuit until she and her brother get the opportunity to try out for the WWE. So as we've been doing lately, we're going to give you guys a little spoiler-free section first to let you know whether or not you should see this movie. Melissa? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, it's very feel-good. It has a fairly large storytelling problem, which we'll get into later on in the third act, So, but I'll save that for spoilers. But, like, it is kind of, you know, a feel-good. It's the, the kind of thing that, you know, got made because The Rock attached his name to it. So it's, you know, brand rock. It's pretty wholesome and fun and like a little bit naughty, but it's kind of like wrestling itself really. Definitely crowd-pleasing and I certainly had fun watching it. Yeah, it's a good sort of – I had a very busy weekend and it was a really nice reprieve on my Saturday night to sit down and watch this. I think this would be a great one to catch on Netflix on a weekend when you just need something fun and nice to watch. Yeah, it's. I, I sort of enjoyed it while I was watching it. I think if the third act had gone differently, I would have given it a higher rating than I'm mm. going to. I was really disappointed in a couple of things in there. I, I enjoyed the first half more than the second half, definitely. There's a really weird sort of low-budget, high-budget thing going on here, mm. um, as well as some really interesting class issues that I think we can get into later on that sort of – permeated the film for me a little bit mm. there's some really good performances and there's some really fun stuff um i also think it's a really it's probably a good film for like teenagers mm. in spite of all the swearing and stuff like that um but i i do think it's quite a good film for teenagers because like the the morality and the you know the um comedy and things kind of speak at their level the, to me yeah and the family relationships yeah like there's swearing and stuff but the, the family relationships are pretty solid and very realistic. Yeah. And I think that the messages and the concepts, are, are, they seem like they're sort of pitched at that level to mm. me. Um, I, I feel like it's a film that, that um, a lot of teenagers would really like. Mm. Um, it's not my favourite. Yeah, especially <laughs> as our lead is, is a teenager. Yeah, she's she's 18 in this film. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I definitely um, have – quite a few problems with it although there are some really really great lines like really great mm -hmm. lines some that seem to have come from the documentary that this was based on mm -hmm. um and some that i'm not sure are but there's some really fun stuff in it um and some really good performances i just overall am kind of disappointed especially at the end yeah okay well we're gonna get into spoilers now on fighting with my family so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled stop the podcast now and come back when you have yeah, that ending was a mess. It Okay, the the whole ending hinges on the idea that the fight that Paige has with AJ Lee, the current diva mm -hmm. that she is now fighting against having had no experience in in the WWE at all is like the outcome is unknown or that like it, the fight is real mm. right like that's what the the movie seems to be telling us and mm. yet we know we know that that fight had to have been fixed and choreographed and everything that's how the wwe works because that's we how learned that works. through the rest of the film right mm. and that to me is such a big problem 
that it kind of overshadows everything else. Mm. I feel like it's screwing with us, and that really annoys me. Yeah. Like, um, it's really, really underestimating the intelligence of the audience to do that. Yeah. This film cut out some things from the real life in order to streamline the storytelling, and I actually think they sh- they didn't help them. Like, even if you go back early, I think the real page got rejected once from WWE before trying out again and then making it through. I feel like probably would have been a good character moment to see her get rejected once and then make it the next time. Yeah. Like, even such an early in the early stages. But, yeah, I looked it up while I was prepping for this episode – and, like, it truncates, like, four years into four months. And it makes it seem as though... I knew that timeline was wonky Yeah, as hell. the timeline is wonky, right? The beginning timeline is fine. Apparently she auditioned in April. Sorry, tryouts. <laughs> it's a sport. Um, she auditioned in April, went to the US in September, and then the baby was born just after the brother's baby was born. Mm. Like, that works out. But she did not come home at Christmas, decide to go back to training, and then four months later at WrestleMania suddenly get the call up to fight the following night. That just is ridiculous and it truncates four years into four months. And yeah. it doesn't tell us. There's no in- – Vince Vaughn comes comes to Paige and says, come with me, and she's picked and she gets to be in the team, despite us not having seen why. She's just done the fights with the other girls. She's as good as she's, – she's improved, but she's no not necessarily – a lot better than the other girls. There's been no, like, other fights that because she's had. Because she has a spark. Yeah. Melissa, a spark, which is another thing that I think in this film is bullshit. That actually really frustrates me because um, I, I, a lot of the time the reason that they don't go for the Zacks but they do go for the pages is not because they see something in one that they don't see in another. It's because they need a specific thing for the for the wrestling federation yep. and that specific thing right now is not a Zach. It is yep. a Soraya or a Paige. They needed right? a, a, like a villain goth, right? And the real life story, she there was a phase of her being like the anti-diva. She was fighting in the lower grades, making a name for herself. And like there was actually a journey of her. She didn't just like – go from being in the training program to called up to meet the rock. Mm. Like it didn't it, – it, and it really takes away from it because it just seems to happen way, way whiplash fast. Yeah. And there's no setbacks. The one setback is that um, she doesn't get along with the other girls and she learns that she maybe has to try to do that. That's it. There's no like her getting bigger and bigger if, fights. I, I saw – I was watching that too and I was like, it's not like they made an effort to get along with her. Either. No, I mean they didn't. I I feel like that was so such a weird one sided thing that like they made no effort to include her in anything they were doing, but then got mad at her for not getting to know them. And I was like, but you didn't try to get to know her either. You made no effort either. And there's three of you. Like that was ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, and it, it like, was just to subvert the whole kind of you know girls hate each other or men yeah. girls kind of expectation. Like, but I, yeah, and, and it's all fine that they like I like the whole they were friends and then they choreographed a fight and they did really well. Me too. But, but like I that's just, great. But that makes it seem like they're all kind of equally good. Why is she getting picked out? Like yeah, I don't see why. Other than they need a someone who's a bit goth to fight somebody because that's the storyline they're telling. It doesn't make any sense, and it in that way it. Also diminishes the work that she did actually building that persona. Yeah. Before she got there to be the actual champion. Yeah. I think it's sort of implied that her skill in actual wrestling is what got mm. her through. It's true. But that is also, true. This movie does something that's really frustrating that we watched a movie just recently that did exactly the same thing of somebody just sitting 
on a oh um um on the basis of sex. Mm. People sitting there with a mic in front of them silently for thirty seconds of screen time drives me crazy with nobody intervening or anything mm. because it's just so it, it's really frustrating. It's really difficult to watch. But also, like, have you ever seen that? No, I've never seen that. It, she's in this arena and she's prepared and all of that sort of stuff. You'd think she'd at least try something or somebody else would intervene. If she's as good as they say she is and she's good enough to be picked up to do this and she's had the training with uh, – there was quite a cute little training montage with Vince Vaughn where he um, – which must be most more necessary for the female wrestlers than the male where he just shouts like sexist and gross things at her and she mm-hmm. has they have to come up with comebacks to teach them about being in front of an audience. And if she's that good and she's had all that on-mic training and she's been called up to fight WWE Raw, like the big leagues, it wouldn't happen. No. It wouldn't happen in the junior leagues. It didn't happen in the bloody um, the um, Norwich. Yeah, the I, was, I couldn't remember Frost's first name. Nick. <laughs> Nick Frost's first name. Thank you. Um, yeah, it didn't happen in the bloody minor leagues. It's not going to happen here. I yeah, that was. I just find that really frustrating. Hmm. And they seem to t- kind of take away a lot of her personality in order to make her the every woman hero to go through yeah. this journey. And then there's this whole big message about don't be try to be the next rock, try to be the next you, the first you. And she is interesting, right? Yeah, she's British. She's goth. She's uh, working class. She feels like an outsider. Yeah, and all that she's stuff. got. Oh, she's a different. She is different. Like the others have come up through cheerleading and they're all blonde and tan and tall and, you know, have abs. Like one of them has brown hair. Oh, right. So, you know, real different. Yeah. Or um, like reddish brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. She does. But like. <laughs> There's only two blonde ones. Yeah. But, but she is different and they don't like lean into that nearly as much as they could. No. Like it's adorable that she named herself after a charmed character. I yeah. love that. I do too. I think they could have, yeah. Um, I think in trying to make her an every woman, they took away a lot of what was interesting about her. The other thing that was kind of really painfully obvious to me, in especially in certain mo- moments in this movie, um, and especially when you see the documentary at the end of The Real People, mm. is there are real class problems in England, real massive class gulfs, right? And it's very hard to transition between them and all this sort of stuff. The actors they chose to play these characters, with the possible exception of Nick Frost, to me seems so divorced from the real people. Like, Lena Headey, I think, did the best job, even though her accent slipped quite a bit, of, like, really kind of getting into the real person that she was playing. Mm. She had some lines that just I, like, actually felt choked up when she was saying them. And then she could flip between that and comedy so well. I'm not mm. always her biggest fan, but I think she was great in this. She was really right for this role. Yeah. Like for a woman who in real life seems to be that out there, Lena Headey's the perfect person to yeah. play it. Exactly. And and it was she just had this really nice sort of mercurial and yet still stable personality in mm. it. She did a really good job of balancing this character and she gets the funniest lines, I think, yeah. in the movie. Well, I was, when you were just talking about how they tra- they had to make um, Paige into an every woman, they don't with her mother. Like she gets yeah. to have all that character there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think they did a bad job of acting. That isn't really my problem. But the thing is Florence Pugh and um, Jack Loudon – really look like they went to posh schools like the way they the their 
teeth and their presentation and the way they hold themselves and all this stuff is so different from the real people. Mm. And it doesn't look like they put enough effort into changing that to more effectively mirror what they're portraying because this is, should be a movie that like um, working class people can relate to mm. and can get into. But you look at Jack Loudon in this movie and I'm just like, this isn't this guy, you know, to me. And he's quite a good actor. I mean, I liked him better than most in um, in um, the um, Mary Dunkirk? Queen of Scots. Oh, Mary Queen of Scots, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't remember him in Dunkirk. No, I barely don't remember, remember anyone in Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, I didn't get as bothered by it as you, but now that you've pointed it out, especially when you look at the other kids playing the other rest, like the other mm-hmm. amateur wrestlers, they look like ordinary people. Yeah, with the you know some bad teeth and some wacky haircuts and like different faces, whereas Florence Pugh and, and Jack Loudon have, have got very sort of polished faces. Yeah, it's that that polishness and that the, it's it's in sort of the physicality. They didn't really like to me get into that physicality of the role. That's quite different. Florence Pugh is a really good actor, but she doesn't really look like a wrestler, and she doesn't move like a wrestler, and she doesn't like you know, carry herself like a wrestler Mm. most of the time. No. Um, It it was very noticeable when they, I think, superimposed her into that end fight, which is another problem, by the way. It was like they they were using bits of real footage and they had an obviously recreated footage and some of which featured actual wrestlers, some of which featured actors who kind of look like wrestlers playing wrestlers. I was just amazed that, that, that she got into that wrestling ring and AJ Lee was even smaller than she was. Well, th- th- and I was about to say that, right? Everywhere we'd seen her, she's like tiny, this tiny little person. Mm. Again, next to everyone. And then, yeah, AJ Lee is even more teeny tiny. Yeah. But yeah, you really notice at that point when she gets in there and the way she moves compared to the actual pro wrestler mm. playing opposite her. Yeah. Just very different way of being around. I mean, she's ve- she's a really good actress, Florence Pugh, and she has some really good aspects to it but yet she's she's too sort of enigmatic in this part like there's too i don't see enough of what she's feeling and thinking Mm, yeah i agree i i actually thought jack loudon did a better job of that even though his character arc was frustrating as hell at least i knew where he was at during all the stages of it you know Mm. there's also a moment where I mean, this is basically a coming-of-age film, right? Mm. And there's a moment where Soraya decides if you can't beat him, join him, and dyes her hair blonde and tans herself and goes off and looks like them. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because she really doesn't look like the same person <laughs> to start with. She looks mm-hmm. so different when she does that that it took me a moment every time I saw her. <laughs> well, I was like, yeah, when she walked into the house and stuff and her parents had, like immediately recognized her, I was like, that would not happen. It probably would. I mean, she's their kid. They probably still recognize her. And they might have talked to her as well. True. Um, They might have seen the transformation before seeing her in person. But also, yeah, she looks really different. Mm. And it's fine. It's a stepping stone in the thing. But it also shows up the real differences between her and the other girls and how much less of that physicality she has and mm. how much like smaller she is and all that sort of thing. Yeah. They um, all look like athletes. Like yeah. I know they're all actresses. I went and looked everybody up because I wanted to like check people's, Yeah, I wanted to just look at who, if they were actual wrestlers, they're all like actresses and they all look like they have spent a lot of time training. Yeah. And it's not about being sort of bigger or smaller or any of that stuff. I know a lot of no, the wrestlers they just are really big seem guys. fit. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And it's not that Florence Pugh doesn't seem fit, but she seems fit in a different sort of way. If you look at, and again, looking at that documentary footage that they put in the end, and there's the real Soraya, mm. like, measuring her muscles with yeah. her brother behind her. And she does, like, you know, a... Um, Bicep curl. Bicep curls. I was like, look at these guns pose. Um, and you can see it. You can see oh, the yeah, muscle she's on got her bicep. Big muscles. And there's no point at which you can see that with Florence Pugh. Yeah. And then when, when they show the real page at the end, and she's quite muscly and, t- and she actually does look quite tall. And- yeah. I'm pretty sure she had a cameo in the movie. Mm. Um, when Paige comes back from Christmas and has had her magical makeover where she magically removed the tan as yeah, well yeah. as, the, as th- dyeing the hair back. I saw this, yeah. Yeah, and the, the woman who passes right in front of her in like slow motion yeah. looks, even having not seen the real page yet, I was like, oh, I bet that's her mm. <laughs> because it was a real kind of obvious shot, I think. Mm. Yes, I think that, yeah, I thought yeah. that was the same. Um, and also was clearly taller than Florence Pugh, who was a little woman. Yeah, not as little as AJ whatever in the ring, AJ Lee. Yeah, that was that was cool. Oh, it's tiny, yeah. But uh, um, I'm just thinking about you saying that it would have been nice to see her try out first, and I think that would have been good also to extend that time w- that we have with the family mm. because to me that's some of the best stuff this movie does. Mm. Some of the stuff in training is pretty good, but there's a kind of chemistry that the family has that's lacking when you spend a lot of time with Paige in training mm-hmm. um, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, could, the training could have been montaged a bit more and the, yeah. more time with the family. And, I mean, this is a movie about Brand the Rock, right? <laughs> you know, it's a movie that, uh, that the failures are important to it and like uh, and have a few of those to have a bit more of the family stuff. And then, like, to just wave a magic wand at the end. Like, it's, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, I did find that annoying. I'm going to go through my notes a bit. Hmm. There's so many of my notes that are just quotes. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did that because I did think the lines were amazing. And I I, I probably credit – I credited um, Stephen Merchant for that, but then they showed a bit of documentary footage at the end and some of them were verbatim yeah. things that the actual people had said. I'm sure that it's a combination. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure that he – when to put them in at the right time. Yeah. I th- I'm sure that he watched that footage, wrote down some quotes, but then also added some things. Yeah. I actually think he did a pretty good job mm. with this, apart from the storytelling issues mm. um, in terms of the writing. But also it looks really good. And I have, I think, four or five different notes on framing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is some really, really good use of framing in this movie that I found really cool. That's <laughs> very, it's, I mean, it's very nerdy, like mm. filmy, filmmakery, but really good framing. There's a really good one at the very end when she FaceTimes with her brother just before she's about to go on and he's in the sitting with his laptop in the middle of a abandoned wrestling ring uh, yeah. gym and like he never would be there in real life but it was such a perfect looking shot. Yeah, I have lots of those sorts of things. In fact, while I'm talking about it, I'll talk about a few of them. Um, okay, whenever she is in a group in training, mm. they do something – to make her stand out so that your eye is drawn to her, mm-hmm. even though she's not in the center of frame, the person who's training them is. Mm. So when it was in the boxing ring, I mean, in the wrestling ring um, in Norwich, 
everybody is facing to the right except except for her. She's ah. facing to the left. Yeah, yeah. And so your eye is immediately drawn to her, even though there's so many people and, and they mm. don't really kind of make her stand out visually in any other way. That's it's clever. just because of the way that she's standing. Yeah. Um, and then they do the same thing with training in the States. Um, Vince Vaughn is in the center, but she is sitting up on the ring mm-hmm. and everybody, everybody else, else is standing. standing. I saw that one. Yeah, so there's these things that it does that it definitely really really smart it's Mm. really smart filmmaking because a lot of filmmakers even good ones don't do this stuff and that's why their their shots look too busy and things Mm. because they're not paying attention to that framing yeah so i thought that was really cool and then oh yeah her there's also when she calls home and she's feeling really lonely in the states and zach's feeling really bummed about missing out and really angry Mm. with her and he's holding the baby and they're on the facetime call Mm -hmm. and she is in like the bottom of frame in this massive apartment. Um, and also the way they lit that, it's actually broad sunlight on one direction, but mm. they shot it like into this dark, empty apartment. Mm. And then he is like squished into the background of shot mm. by the parents who are in foreground. Yeah, yeah. And that it's both sides, really nice framing. Yeah, it was very, very well done. Like, because uh, you know, well, I think we talked about um, searching. We talked about this, like doing the, that kind of stuff well is really hard like make it look like a real phone call but also you know so you'll pay attention to things you're supposed to pay attention to because that's really well framed because to do the reveal where he shows the doll and she's like dad are you running a sweatshop and the parents (laughs) split apart and yep pretty much and then the other kid has that wonderful line no, he's not running a sweatshop. <laughs> in a sweatshop, you get paid. Yeah, um, that's Ez. He was my favorite. Yeah, Ez I was think. great. He was um, he was a standout. That kid. Yeah, real talent there. But yeah, um, the oh, there was one more that I I don't think I wrote about. It was in one of the matches that had really nice framing. Although watching again, watching that documentary footage at the end, the real wrestling stuff was so much more impressive than the stuff they shot for this movie. I was like, just get some people in there who can do it then, because that looks so much better. Well, yeah, there was real, there was real wrestlers anywhere, everywhere. Like there was actual wrestlers who had cameos. There was like they hired a guy who is a wrestler who kind of looks like John Cena to play John Cena for like one scene. Yeah, yeah. I because it also says in the credits John Cena played himself. Yeah, there were he was in his he was in scenes his archival footage and there was scenes oh, where he okay. was like from, shot from behind and they couldn't get him for whatever reason I don't know. Um, but like there were wrestlers on set, like real mm. wrestlers everywhere, probably helping to choreograph and all that. And yeah, and the real stuff was impressive. Yeah, like the artistry that's involved, and that's the kind of the important message anyway. Like the outcome may be fixed, but the actual fight is done for real like i mean Hmm. apart from they don't actually punch each other and stuff but that choreography the gymnastics of making a fight work and that's really beautiful like one of the things i like about wrestling is some of the early shots show her picking up knocking over her brother who is quite a bit bigger than her Hmm. like that's that's impressive that was yeah it's that fight that she has with him when they're both dressed as santa that Hmm. has some good framing in it Mm -hmm. um to show you her getting hurt yeah yeah and then not wanting to hit back and stuff yeah. Um, yeah, that has some good framing in it. Is, and even just them when she comes in and the way that they're shot in frame to show that kind of distance between them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, really j- good. just one more little fighting thing that I really liked because it's something we've talked about recently about culture. When they're first starting to spar, one of the girls doesn't know that you don't really hit and mm. really hits her a couple of times. And um, she hits back with what she calls a receipt, which is like, you know, backyard um, 
like what people do kind of thing. You know, you hit somebody back so that they oh, learn not, to, her, yeah. not to hit you again. Um, but Vince Vaughn pulls that up straight away and mm. says, we don't do that here. This is the big leagues. This is professional. That's not how we behave. That's amateur hour. I thought that was a really good like pulling something up to, to stop a certain culture from developing mm. or to stop a certain culture perpetuating. It was a really little scene but really good. Yeah, although he could have probably – stepped in and actually helped when she was getting whacked right yes they're probably like, would, yeah they, they probably needed to like maybe do so, some more training with the other girls before they was into at that point yeah but that said I, I i just liked the way it was like setting a culture um because i did too but that that actually really frustrated me as well because she's not given any other way to respond to it no they haven't set them up properly yeah she isn't given like so she's getting hit mm. and hurt and nobody's like monitoring that nobody's making sure that's not happening and then haven't they also haven't taught them how to respond to that so she tries to tell the girl a couple of times you have to do this you have to do that yeah, and then the girl won't listen yeah well she uh, she just can't get it mm. it seems anyway yeah I, I mean i i like that that he pulled her up on it but at the same time you're like well if you're gonna do that then you've got to actually be you monitoring to watching them. yeah yeah yeah, and again, it's for narrative and probably budgetary economy, they've just got Vince Vaughn there as the coach. There probably would in reality be other coaches mm-hmm. who are working with them and yeah. Um, I just like the combination of The Rock and Stephen Merchant. Like yeah. in the credits, that just made me laugh for some reason mm. that they were like collaborating on this movie. Yeah, I, it's funny seeing photos of them as well because Stephen Merchant is taller than The Rock. But he's like this skinny, tall guy, and they and the rock. The rock has to look up to him. The rock yeah. doesn't look up to too many people, but he looks up to Stephen Merchant, which yeah, is funny. Stephen Merchant is so tall, which they kind of play with in this movie as well. Yeah, yeah, with his his little cameo as the uh, Jack Loudon's girlfriend's dad. Yeah, he um, loved when they picked her and not Zach, and the audience that we were seeing it with goes, <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, this was always the only way this story was going. But yes, gasp. I thought they were both going to miss out and then she'd eventually make it some other way. But that's like, and that's actually what really happened. But anyway, and then it, I don't know. I just, it, I feel like she should have been rejected at least once at the front, in the beginning. It would have been nice. Even if it wasn't by the WWE, something that she missed out on, she was disappointed and then she got it and Jack didn't. Yeah, I think that would have been good too. But, um, but you know, at that point, I was not surprised no um like the movie was really setting us up for that yeah, to happen yeah. there's also the comment you know when she dyes her hair blonde mm. and her dad kisses her hair and he's like oh it's like kissing an afghan which i have other problems with but um the, the people next to us definitely thought that was a racist remark because mm-hmm. they were like what did he say and then the girl was like i think he's talking about a um the oh, dog like a rug the dog oh. and i was so they definitely never heard of an afghan rug he was talking about the rug like i i knew that but mm. i thought that was interesting yeah it was um, a bit strange but also like she's had this dyed black hair the whole movie that's all it's kind of fried and dry the whole time and when she dyes it blonde it actually looks like it's taken well taken care of yep <laughs> like it it's in better condition than her hair her own home hair dye jobs Yes. Well, she, it's, a, it's supposedly an also, I know, supposedly also an all home hair tied job. Like, she, th- it would have been almost more effective if she'd come out with like a bad 
bleach job and like a bad tan job yeah, yeah. to try and fit in that would have been because she looks so good with it yeah like it looks so professionally done yeah or, or we always oh, seen her go to the beauty salon and get it done yeah because exactly. like, she's got a little money now and you know because she's doing this the, they make a point that she did it herself and i was like why mm. if you're going to make a point that she did it herself make it not look perfect yeah and if that she's, was so weird because she's clearly doing the black dye and the eyeliner and stuff herself so she's clearly like that's her level of skill yeah and her hair skills aren't great but she's got really great makeup because she wears that thick eyeliner and real page does too through all her training all her fights like i want to know what brand that is that doesn't sweat off yeah well they they obviously must have good brands because they use it all the time in real fights anyway they yeah yeah they do they've got they have real makeup i just it's like astounding to me like i accidentally have mascara on one one day at the gym and i've got like little rivers of black running down my face afterwards yeah and i am no professional athlete i should add uh yeah there were some jokes in this that i didn't really like as well that were um the targets of which i thought were wrong but uh, anyway um i'm gonna go through some of the lines i guess that yeah I yeah do, yes do it. that because i didn't write them down you did. i mean right from the first scene I was hooked. I was hooked in right from the first scene when um, Lena Headey's like, you know, the the rush is like coke, crack, and heroin combined. And then the daughter's like, and the daughter to who her eight year point, old, yeah, who at this point is you know young, goes, "Have you done coke, crack, and heroin?" And she goes, "Not combined." Which was so good. Yeah, I loved it. I love and, her in this movie. And those jokes set it up for the more poignant moments, like the one the one that got me later on was when she said, "When I was living on the streets, yeah. I never thought I'd be lucky enough to have kids." I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I yeah, that was one the one that choked me up. But she like I've got two lines in a row when she said that. Yeah. Oh no, because um, uh, just before that, Nick Frost goes, "Oh, Zach will be fine. He's the tough one," which was also really funny. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they kind of but the thing is, um, wh- and when they have the dinner mm. with um girlfriend's Zach's parents? girlfriend mm. and and her parents, they've been told not to swear. So they keep doing – and they, they they do it once and then they keep doing the joke where, like, they'll be like, oh, co- you know, cock and ball – sorry, penis and ball bag and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's bollocks. Sorry, so, ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff which is really funny. But really it swings funny. from that to, like, oh, it's a really romantic story. I nearly killed myself to then genuinely being really sweet in that moment yeah. to then going back to them making out and being funny again. Which is the stuff that is the best, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Like that kind of very quick shift in tone without giving you tonal whiplash that it does. Yeah. Where it all just feels natural and the same part of the same thing. Like it can be sweet and heartfelt and like tug on your heartstrings, but also like really bawdy and funny. Mm. And that's clearly what the real family have from what we could see at the end. Yeah, of it, yeah. You know. Oops. Right. Yeah, no, they're they're a great family. I can see a why they made the documentary, and b why when The Rock saw it on TV, yeah. he was like, "Oh, yep, we're buying that." I wish we'd had more of that in Soraya when she was away from them. Um, yeah, because uh, when she sees The Rock and goes, "Dick me dead and bury me pregnant," yeah, I was like, "Yes, that is the correct response to seeing The Rock in person." Yeah, um, <laughs> and then her mum does the same thing on the phone at the end perfect callback yeah so good that was really good yeah no god that whole scene where they first meet the rock and zach is like rock rock like every three seconds to try and get him to come back yeah but also he um i know it's a vehicle for him and i know all that but the the actual shift when he goes from his like dwayne johnson like superstar personality to his rock wrestler star personality Uh is so good Mm -hmm. 
it's so good and it shows you why this guy is an international superstar it's this massive sudden just shift in personality and everything he is the most exhilarating man in sports entertainment yeah it's just so it's good and it happens twice so that the audience really gets the idea that this is this is how it goes like you may know the rock from the movie most people now know the rock more from his movies than his wrestling right and to watch that happen that that switch flick on the it's helpful as both like him as an actor and him as a wrestler because hmm. it's all acting, you know. Uh, that's another great Vince Vaughn line, by the way. Soap opera in spandex. Hmm. Yeah. Um, for some reason, when, every time I think of Vince Vaughn in this movie, all I can go, go, go back to is the Augustus Heights moment. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's like the first thing that comes into my mind. Vince right. Vaughn in this movie, it's immediately Augustus Heights. Who came up with that name? And he goes, it's my real name. Hmm. That, to me, <laughs> is like – for some reason, the first thing I think of, I don't know, it just felt like all the rest of the time he was being like performatively mean. Yeah, yeah. And that just seemed really mean. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I was like, why is that so much meaner yeah. than everything else well, to me? I, I can tell you why, because the target of that was a black guy with dreadlocks and he looks so different from everybody else around. And you you sort of go, well, he's an outsider too. He's a bit like Paige. Mm. Maybe he's a bit of an ally to us. And there he is getting picked on for being different and probably for having a more black name and for standing he out. Picks on pa- he picks on Soraya for being different, yeah. right? He, he distinctly picks on her for being different. Mm. So, like, I don't know why it just that particular thing just made me more upset. That's the only thing we know about this guy too. Probably that. And he's the only different person we've seen and he just the actor just looks so hurt yeah <laughs> you know he just looks so insulted mm. i think also like the others are uh, tougher so they always have like either comebacks or are trying to think of a comeback yeah. in soraya's case apparently she has she is a slow um that doesn't make any sense to me either like the the snappy comeback stuff uh, anyway but um but he just looks so upset by it i think as yeah. well so it just <laughs> made me sad um yeah, I wrote down the when I was living on the streets quote mm. in that that moment at the airport. She's oh, she's so good in oh, this. Oh, that scene and is I, so good. I really don't always like her. Like I don't like her very much in Game of Thrones. Um I've seen her in other movies before where she hasn't been as convincing to me. I think it's Imagine Me and You. Is that the British lesbian movie she's in? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but she was in a British lesbian movie. That I'm pretty seen. sure that was the first thing I saw her in, and I was just kind of not uh, over the moon about yeah, her. Yeah, she's so great in this part. She's so this great, is perfect in this. for her. But yeah, she did a lot of that. Her character was the real core of that family. That this is the Lena Headey thing paradox. She is has amazing presence, mm. but that really has to be channeled into like big personality characters. Yeah, which is why Dread works so well. Yeah, I think and, and it's why this one works well. It's why I personally think that Cersei works well too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I also wrote down the quote, everything's fine. The number of times they said everything's fine when she went back for Christmas. Oh, yeah. So I'm fine. I'm okay. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God. I get what you're trying to do here, but, like, it could have been done. A lot of this movie is like, this could have been done with a lot more, like, um, narrative economy. Yeah. We maybe don't need to flash back to Zach looking miserable in England 60 times no we get a really good idea of like the housing projects that they live in and the dodgy vault van and all all that stuff there's more time spent on those kind of things than there needs to be 
Yeah. I was just getting starting to get really frustrated with the amount of time before there was resolution there. Yeah. And also then the resolution doesn't come in the most satisfactory way either because they're apart when it happens. Mm -hmm. Like I thought maybe the film would manufacture him coming out to see her or something to make that resolution feel really solid. Because You know what would have fixed that? is if we'd had a slightly more realistic ending where she had time to prepare for the fight and the family knew that it was happening and was yeah. able to maybe attend, then we could have had, like, it would have been could have been quite cute. The baby could have been toddling. Like, it could have been adorable. We could have had an adorable little moment. Maybe, but I, I know what they were doing. I mean, that was the sports movie element yeah, of this yeah. film and you have to do a certain amount of stuff. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they could have fixed it. Yeah. But I know that the way they did it was the wrong way. <laughs> Um, also, um, so I thought for a really long time that the only girls left in the wrestling thing were the three girls and Paige. And then you see more of them and you're like, how come they don't get to play? How come you're not including the, them in this thing? Yeah. Again, n- because narrative Because you didn't economy. pay them to speak. Yeah. They didn't, they need like a range of people who don't speak and some of them are girls. Yeah, I know. And he's all like, you have to be friends with these guys. And there's, there's other girls she could have been friends with, you know, <laughs> like she's not the, they're not the only three girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can definitely see my notes change a lot. Like at the beginning, it's all like quotes and this bit's really cool. And I love the framing here yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And then at the end, it's like, sparks of bullshit why is her first fight against the best wrestler isn't it give isn't it fixed there's a script here right this is bullshit yeah (laughs) it's um yeah the movie suffers from a problem that i have when i play sports which is that i start out strong and then like die about two-thirds of the way through because i'm not very fit but like yeah it definitely the first bit is so much better than the later stuff also, if you had them back together, like I think it would have been good to have her like have a moment of triumph that was a lot smaller where she yes. gets into a smaller event. She she gets through next and then she's on the main roster or something. She's, right. She's fighting journeyman fights or whatever. Like that's fine. It's fine if we only see her get to be a journeyman. We don't necessarily have to see her be Divas champion. Like well, we getting onto kind the of circuit. Do, I think for it to – Yeah, but you can kind of fully appreciate. But I think they could have done that – and then had them, like, go, oh, that's really awesome for you and all that sort of stuff, and it's finally starting to turn up, and then, like, have a little montage of a little bit later. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so and she- then have her really get nervous before her big debut fight, but have a lot more training and practice and all that sort of stuff so that she actually it actually seems like she could do this. Because to me it's insane that they would put yep. somebody who's only done, like, basic training up against – the best female fighter that's bananas it is bananas um, and it didn't happen and it didn't happen it didn't happen like but then that also they could have done some stuff where she and zach get back together and he trains her more in between yeah, like like we have a full resolution of that and have it really come back to being yeah. like you know have them really be close again because yeah. it's with having the distance feels like that's never been properly resolved right they don't even talk to each other after that fight um and also they ADR'd in this line where everybody's celebrating and I think Ez says she stole your move because the finisher move that she did was the Zach attack yeah and he's like she didn't steal it I gave it to her in ADR while his head is above the frame yeah yeah <laughs> it's terrible and like it's trying to be heard over this din of everybody cheering yeah um, and yeah and that's right H- having a little show him give it to a mini her. win of 
like a win of her getting onto the circuit and then you can do a montage of her being on the circuit, training with Zach, like all that kind of stuff. And then we can do the quick fight at the end. And then we'd have a lot more time for that stuff. Mm. If you trimmed down that fatty middle section that was just a lot of training. We kept flashing back to England and Zach like – Zach Aband not looking after his baby properly. Zach looking mopey. That was upsetting. Yeah, I know. It reminded me of Kingsman, actually. Mm. That bit. Anyway, apparently, yeah, that- it, it almost felt like it was from like a, a like a Mike Leach film, like another film altogether, where <laughs> about working class lads and they're turning into their own dads and neg- you know being neglectful fathers and stuff. Yeah. It was just like it. It just it wasn't necessary. Yeah, um, we could see that he was upset and things weren't going well. Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, I'm I appreciate that they got good actors for it. Yep. To get through that, I just think the pool of actors in England is not diverse enough. No, it's and so not just small in terms of so middle class. Yeah. I think that not just middle class, a lot of the actors are like Yeah. The, like these guys upper, are all upper class. I I looked these guys all up and uh, Nick Frost is actually working class yeah. and Lena Headey sort of, like she's a policeman's daughter. Okay. But the the others that, yeah they're more middle class than upper class like neither of those two you know went to Eton or anything which is the the stereotype but still it's very much people who I mean it's anyone who whose parents can afford a lot of like expensive speech and drama and acting lessons and anyone whose parents can afford to support them through drama school yeah um with England in England the the movie that I was comparing it with in my head was Attack the Block but you haven't seen that no so I haven't we can't yet. really have a good but um Attack the Block is very um, the, it's very much grounded in a much more earthy kind of realism um, in terms of the characters. They feel much more like they are um, from the working class because it's the apartment block. Mm. Um, and I, as far as I know, John Boyega is pretty middle class. Yeah, as far um, as I know. I think his parents were immigrants, but then they did quite well and he came up mm-hmm. through school quite well from what I can remember from interviews and stuff, but I might be wrong. But um, they put – so much more effort in that movie into getting all of that stuff right. Yeah. Um, like having the street kids be more realistic, and and Nick Frost is in that too. Yeah. And the, um, well, yeah. And the he's one of the very few working class actors of his generation. Yeah. Like um, the the other the others of his generation, like your Martin Freemans and Simon Pegg. Yeah. So I just because I don't Nick know Frost who, and Simon Pegg were yeah in they they do together. work together. I don't know anything about Simon Pegg's background, but yeah. He liked Star Wars when he was a kid. That's the extent of my knowledge because he was super excited to be in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so back to the movie. Uh, yeah, we should rate it. I forgot yeah. we hadn't rated it yet. No, we haven't. Um, um, I'm going to go with three stars. Yeah, I am too. I think like there were de- there were sparks in that movie that made me go, oh, this is really good. I'm really going to rate it well. And then like it all fell apart at the yeah. end for me. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. Um, yeah, so it's it's nice. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you would like to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.